With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Now make sure you say my name right. It's See, I talk about the things other people are scared to talk about, what they're afraid to say. When I walk into the building, you know what they whisper to each other? Be <laughs> Now you tell me, you want those pretty lies, or you ready for the ugly truth? Let's get it. This is Robert Latow from BlackSportsOnline.com, and you're listening to the Ugly Truth Podcast, where I don't tell you those pretty lies. I tell you the ugly truth about what's going on in the world of sports, entertainment, and viral news. Now, right off the bat, <clears throat> as you can see or hear, uh, I'm not feeling too well. I have a cold, I have flu, I have something. Uh, I have to blame the city of Charlotte for it. Uh, everything at All Star was, was within walking distance, which is great normally. Uh, not so great when it's raining uh, and cold. And someone named Rob decided that he didn't need a coat or a jacket because he was too busy doing proposals to his now fiance. So I'm just going to blame Charlotte for that. So if I don't have the same enthusiasm in my voice, now you know why. Blame Charlotte, North Carolina, and Michael Jordan, Stonewash Jeans. You just had a podcast yesterday, so you're probably wondering why my back, uh, if I'm sick, because I really should be in the bed, but here I am. But I told you uh, in the previous podcast that I was going to hold off on talking about uh, Jesse Smollett of Empire, Jamal, until there was at least some charges. And today, there were charges. Now, this is a very nuanced issue, which is why trying to debate it on social media is probably not the best. There's a lot of things that are happening. And unfortunately, people are going to take sides in this. And I just want you to just listen to what I'm saying. Because when you mix in black people, gay people, and MAGA people in a gumbo of a story, it's always going to be a little, the mix is not going to be great. It's like drinking vodka and then Hennessy. Like, you know, you're mixing your darks and your whites. It's not going to work out for you. So I think the most important thing right from the beginning is we should understand, assuming that, you know, the Chicago PD just didn't make all of this stuff up. And 
sometimes with the cops, you know, that's a 50-50 assumption. But I don't take their word for it in this instance. We have to realize the only person that this should be affecting is or people should be, should be upset about or extrapolating their feelings about is Jesse Smollett. He is the criminal in this. And it doesn't extend to black people. It doesn't extend to gay people. It doesn't extend to MAGA people. And what I mean by that, it doesn't mean that, no, I should say women too as well. It doesn't mean anything about, you know, black people and that hate crimes don't happen or that hate crimes don't happen or sexual assaults don't happen to women, domestic violence. doesn't mean MAGA is not the new KKK. Like, it's specific <clears throat> to Mr. Smollett. Just to him. He did this. And if he did it, he should be punished for it. And it shouldn't have any backlash or front lash on anybody else. Now, of course, that's wishful thinking. But I felt like it should be put out there. Now, even though I'm a realist, so I know that's not going to happen. Let's take these things step by step. So Jesse is really made it difficult on black people because black people in general never get the benefit of the doubt. White people always get the benefit of the doubt. That's, that's, that's factual. So white people are already have a certain amount of privilege in anything. It's always kind of wait and see with them. You know, they can rape a girl in the, <clears throat> in the, in the alley have witnesses see it happen and still only get six months in jail because they don't want to, you know, ruin their life. And a black guy can get caught with a little weed and they put him upstate for 10 years. So we're already dealing from this deficit. And, you know, the story goes, and I haven't told it in a while, but when I was young, I got in trouble dealing with some white girl, even though I didn't do anything. And then even though I thought the white girl was my friend, she lied because she got internal pressure from other white people, you know? And I remember asking my uncle, I'm like, that's messed up. I thought we were friends. We were cool. And she just straight up lied on me. And my uncle told me, say, hey, son, you know, not son, but Rob or Bobby, as they used to call me back then. Uh, when you walk out the door, you're down 14, nothing. Just because of the way you look. And he always told me, he said, that doesn't mean you can't win the game. He said, there are a lot of comebacks in life, you know, but that's just the way it is. So you, you're already dealing with a, a certain deficit if you're black and a certain privilege if you're white. Now, <clears throat> because of Jesse, when these crimes happen legitimately, there's going to be some pause because of his situation, we have to make sure it's not another Jesse Smollett situation. And <clears throat> those pauses could be the difference between a real criminal getting off or going to jail for a hate crime. Like now, you, you can't just blindly 
believe somebody when, when one of these things happen. It's kind of the same way that I always talk about <clears throat> when we do a story about a fake domestic violence or a fake uh, sexual assault that's proven or a lot of doubt involved. When you do fake things, it makes it 10 times more difficult for the real victims <clears throat> because we're like, well, we have to make sure she isn't like the last girl. And it shouldn't be like that. The whole point is you want to believe victims. You want to believe people when they say things that happen to you, but your brain is wired to, well, is this another situation like before? Because it's still supposed to be innocent and to proven guilty. So you got these two things that are pulling you. You want to believe the victim, but you know there have been times in the past where people have lied. So as black people, we, we're rarely treated as the victims, period. <laughs> so what the situation with Jesse is now, even more so, we're going to be looked with skepticism. And not just not just black people, gay people. He's put them in a tough spot. I don't I don't equate being black with being gay. I think that's two different things and two type of struggles. Two type of there's just two totally different things that you're dealing with. But there's violence on both sides just because of, in their case, an orientation, in our case, because of a color. Now, people are going to be like, well, is it a Jesse, you know, Jesse Smollett situation? This makes it very difficult. And maybe the, 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 the worst part of it, like that part, you know something, if you're black, if you're gay, there's always going to be a healthy amount of skepticism that's going on with you. That's just, like I said, it's just part of the game. The real, real problem that I have with what he did, if he indeed faked all of this, is that he's allowed a bona fide hate group in my mind, MAGA, to become <clears throat> the victims. And their whole thing is about information and bullying and, 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 and trying to overwhelm people with their ideology. And he just gave them something so easy to, for them to say, look, you know, everybody's saying we're the bad guy. No, we're not the bad guy. You're the bad guy. <laughs> Even though we know you're the bad guy. <clears throat> Not in this particular situation, but we know what happened in Charlottesville. We know there's, there's Nazis out there. We know that there's little pricks in, in Make America Great Hats. There are little mini races taught by their older races. We know the government is corrupt. We know the justice system is corrupt. We know the president is he, he, he's so he's corrupt, not qualified. A sexual abuser, a cheater, 
There's so many things that's bad about him and he became the president. Which is always the that's the scariest maybe thing to me. Is you knew who Trump was and you're like, I would like that. That's what I want to be. Let's put him in charge. Like, as a if I was like from Sweden and I was just watching this from afar, I would be like, we're the, the United States is a dumbass country. But then you look around and you realize that it is it's weird because it's not like, you know who, who probably the least racist white person is? Middle class. Middle class white people aren't so high up that they want to they're scared to lose their positions of power and they're not so far down that they're pissed off that they're at this lower level and the blacks and the Mexicans and everybody else are doing well. Normal middle and just normal regular middle class people, white people are pretty cool. But the higher up, they don't ever they don't want this power structure. They don't want to lose power. So they'd rather have a fool as president than a black man, you know, or a woman. And then the people at the bottom are dumb, but they're so dumb. They're, they're dumb, but they're white. So they feel like they should, you know, they know what they're talking about. That's the privilege kicking in. Like, you know, seeing some white, old white guy in a double wide with no teeth, telling me, uh, you know, I should go back to Africa. I should, you know, get out of this country. That's, that's hilarious to me. I'm successful. You live in a trailer. I have good dental insurance. But that's the privilege. And you give these people who are already inflammatory Something to latch on to. So now, you know, you ever see the in the coming to America, the piece, you know, where he's in Rocky Marciano, Rocky Marciano, that's day one, Rocky. When MAGA, we try to say, you know, say, oh, well, Jesse Smollett, he's going to be their poster boy. He's going to be their poster boy. So that's what really bothers me. And it's not, and you know, the other part that bothers me is that as a black person, <clears throat> I shouldn't say as a black person, as a person in general, what Jesse did was terrible. Really, really terrible. And and not is something that if if it was if it was a white person that did it, we would be super pissed off. But because he's black, we have to, not because we want to, we can't go too hard at him because then it becomes Whitlocking. And what I mean by Whitlocking is when a black person is so negative about another black person, then white people latch on to that and say, see, look, even the black people are, are saying this. So racist 
white people, we become like their mouthpiece. So even though he did a horrible thing, and you can't justify it, you can't, you know, say that he shouldn't be arrested or maybe he shouldn't go to jail or anything that's coming to him. You just can't go as hard as you probably should for what he did because somebody's going to, I remember, uh, this was a while back and it's probably the last time that I did this. And just for that same reason, say that same Whitlock and reason. I, there was, I think it was, the guy was a, a, a announcer for the Oklahoma city thunder. Now I met the guy somewhere at some point, white guy, Nicest guy you ever meet. And he was talking about Russell Westbrook, who had hit like four or five threes in a row or something. And he said, Russell Westbrook was shooting out of his cotton picking mine. Now, where I'm from in the, the Midwest, St. Louis, I had heard that phrase growing up. And, you know, basically what it meant was, you know, you just, you're going crazy, you're going wild. You're just doing wild, you know, you, you think, you know, my grandma used to use that phrase. You know, I never took it in the, the literal sense, you know, cotton picking. And I said that publicly, you know, I don't think this is a, a big deal. Like I could I can understand the context of what he was saying. And he just, you know, wasn't thinking all the way through. And you know what happened? All of these MAGA people who normally are at my throat was like, see, see, BSO said that, BSC. You guys are always saying racism when it's not racism. See, BSO said this, BSO said that. I was on some white, some, some alt right, you know, left or what is the alt right site, you know, like BSO said it was fine. It's da 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 da. And that's when I realized that even though I like the guy, and I don't think he meant anything by it. I don't think he was thinking. And I know con- conceptually what the phrase was about. Can't defend him. You just can't do it. And while I'm a little perturbed and pissed off at Jesse Smollett, you won't see a lot of tweets about it. You know, I because I'm a journalist and I report things fairly black, white or otherwise, the stories are going to, you know, be out there. And if there's evidence again, I'm going to report them because regardless of what some people think, that's what I do. I will tell both sides of the story. And if I'm wrong, then, you know, I said and it wasn't that I necessarily thought <clears throat> I was wrong. I don't think uh, that because honestly. From the jump, the story, and we kind of just move on to the actual story and and why he did it. From the jump, I thought it was fishy. But the thing is, yeah, black guy, a gay black guy, saying that he got beat up by, you know, two MAGA guys. Even if you see think it's fishy, you just can't say it. You can't just say, oh, you know. I think this is fishy for the reasons that I talked about before, the Whitlock, the exact same reasons I 
about the white guy was saying the cotton pick in mind. Like sometimes you just shouldn't say it until you know everything that's going on. But probably from day one, I remember talking to my best friend, uh, Sarita. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense. You know, you, it's, it's too, it's too, the, the reason it didn't make sense from the beginning. And I watched a lot of forensic files and a lot of discovery ID. Just, I in, in the way that a lot of detectives use things, it's just deductive reasoning. Here's what would have all the things that would have had to happen miraculously for this to take place. A, they would have had to know. Let's just assume these were two MAGA guys. These two MAGA guys are out in the freezing cold at two in the morning with a noose and some bleach. They would have had to know that Jesse was going to go out for a sandwich, a Subway sandwich, at 2 a.m. And happened just to be in the same place in the same time when all of that was happening. See, it just deductive. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, right now, if someone dislikes me and says, you know something, we're going to attack Rob. It's West Coast time. So it's, it's like 7.30 West Coast time. Like we're going to attack Rob. And we're going to attack him by, by the McDonald's at, at 1 a.m. Like, how would you know that I was going to get McDonald's at 1 a.m.? I'd probably sleep. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's cold in, in, in L.A. It's like 50, but it's not, like, it wasn't, it's not snowing in negative 20. Don't really hang out. If you go beat somebody up, uh, you probably gonna wait till it's a little bit warm. So that was the first. That was the first thing. You know, and it really was pretty much all you needed. And the story just didn't fly, you know, from the beginning. And I could almost, I could tell that the cops knew it didn't fly, but. I will say this. They were pretty smart about it. They kept calling the victim. They kept saying they were looking. But almost from the beginning, where they're like, oh, it's no surveillance of any of this, of anything, of nothing. They didn't have a, a broken rib and all, all this stuff. Like, right from the beginning, if you could read between the lines, you knew what was, what was happening. You really read between the lines. Now, to why he did it. That's a good question. You know, this is assuming that no blockbuster comes out and he was really set up or something. Not sure why he did it. Because any... Sorry, I had to take a sip. Throat's starting to hurt. Anybody that has watched any... I mean, he's in television. Should have watched some sort of crime drama at some point. Realize this was a, a bad plan. From the beginning, if you're gonna do it, you gotta get white guys to actually do it. You can't get you got two bodybuilder black guys pretending to be white MAGA guys. Like for, from just from the yeah, it just doesn't it come on. <laughs> I'm not sure why he did it. Clout maybe. Um, I think Empire 
is coming to a close and he's not maybe he was a little fearful that like some actors when their t- their, their successful TV show gets canceled you know he did he wasn't he was going to fall out of the limelight I don't I'm not sure I mean uh some of the actors in Empire are established movie actors. You know, Tahari and, and, and others. And even some of the supporting actors are established recording artists and, and, and movie actors. Maybe he felt out the loop. Maybe he knew that this is the last season and his music career didn't blow up like he thought it was. I mean, let's be honest, Empire was hot for two years maybe i think that's when every like i think we all watched year one and was like really into it and then year two we you know we kind of watched and was like eh, it's kind of going off the rails and i think pretty much everybody by year three had moved you know on you don't really see the tweets or the social media engagement so i'm not sure why he did it i just know that he set us all back um, and it's just really, it's really difficult. Right? That's why I kind of pause because, like I said, you 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 got you, you had people doing articles blaming straight black men for this, and you got Terry Crews talking about toxic masculinity and all this bullshit. And the kid was lying the whole time. The guy was lying the whole time, allegedly. It's just, it's made us all look really, really bad. And he really should apologize to everyone. And frankly, his career is over. Nobody's going to touch him. I mean, he's going to end up maybe on a reality show or a lot of Fix My Life or something like that. But he don't blew his whole career for no reason at all. Nobody was tripping off Jamal. <laughs> like, why would you even do this? Sad state of affairs. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, uh, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, BSO TV, YouTube, uh, BSO TV. I'm, from, I'm getting ready to get some. So funny. Uh, my fiance uh, doesn't like when I say uh, Finna. And so now I have like this muscle memory when it gets getting ready to come out. I stop. I get the F out. And then I got to stop myself. I guess that's what married life would be like. Uh, What was that? Uh, Facebook. Uh, No, I did Facebook. YouTube. BSOTV. I catch you. uh, I'm going to sleep right now. That's what I was trying to say. I'm going to get some orange juice. And I'm going to sleep. And I catch you next week. Unless... Something else crazy uh, happens. Um, and stay out of those sevensomes like Tristan Thompson. I don't want you to, you know, catch nothing. I'm out.